Shalhevet High School presents the Radical Moderation Podcast. Here's your host, Rabbi Ari Siegel. Hello and welcome to the Radical Moderation Podcast. I'm your host, Ari Siegel. Today I'm joined by a very special guest, but before I get to our guest, I want to remind you, if you are enjoying this podcast, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and write a review. Even a brief sentence helps bump up our ranking, which means more people get to hear it. If you have any feedback, any questions, of course, I always share my email, a.segal at shalhevet.org. Feel free to reach out to me. We are also on social media, but I'll mention that in a minute. Our guest today is Rabbi Judah Michelle. Welcome, Rev Judah. Thank you. Uh, Rev Judah is a beloved friend and colleague and mentor and a lot of things, and you'll hear a little bit why as we uh, start our conversation. Judah, I know you're a social media kind of uh, <laughs> phenomenon out there. We just started social media. So our Twitter Twitter handle, did I say that correctly? That's good. Okay. Is at rad moderation. R-A-D moderation. M-O-D-E-R-A-T-I-O-N. Was rad mod taken? I guess so. Must be. Rad mod is probably some totally inappropriate website. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, so it's rad moderation. Don't send your children there without making sure they type in the full name. And facebook.com forward slash radical moderation. So Rabjuda, maybe share with your list, the, our listeners, your uh, handle, your name. You, I know you have a social media following. Yeah, at Judah Michelle. That's my uh, at that's my Judah name. Michelle. How do you spell your name? J U D A H M I S C H E L. Got it. Are you on Twitter? Is that yeah, what that is? Uh, that's right. And I write in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know these things. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. All right. We always start off our podcast, <laughs> Judah, with some just fun, quick hitting questions. Okay. So first of all, you're sipping a, a an espresso that I just prepared for you. Yes. Uh, tell me what you think about it. Oh, it's black and it's strong. That's what it's. Yeah, and it's tight. And delicious. It's, and it's, it's delicious. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know you uh, You had a few coffees also at, uh, at Shalhevet when you were here. Yeah, indeed. Say that um, in Yiddish, uh, coffee is called kave, so, uh, which, which in Hebrew means to, to yearn or to hope. Kave Hashem, to yearn, to hope for God. It's very hard to cultivate yearning and uh, to make it through a day. Without, uh, without, without a little bit coffee. of without yeah. a cup of coffee, a bit of coffee I yeah. saw the most interesting uh, piece of Jewish history around there's a holiday called Simchat Torah which is the yearly commemoration of our receiving the Torah from Sinai the Jewish mass revelation uh, that there's a tradition that we stay up all night learning and that tradition apparently exploded historically in terms of how often it's mentioned in Jewish literature how often it was being observed it, after the uh, in, coffee was uh, sort of invented by Turks, I guess. Wow. Yeah, I mean, coffee makes the world go around. That's it. At the end of the day. Around. Yeah, I mean, there's a Rebmeilich Biederman, uh, who's really one of the great uh, disseminators of Torah, living in Jerusalem today, uh, likes to say that, you know, when you start your day off, you know, with uh, all the possibilities, infinite possibilities that are ahead, you know, we, we, we take a, an empty vessel, an empty cup, and we, we add some some coffee in, we put some hot water, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of milk. We take it and we, uh, we hold it and we say the blessing of shahakol niyabdvaro, that uh, really everything, everything is coming from and everything is directed toward Hashem. Because he said, you know, in the beginning of the day, who knows what it's going to be? So we have a little bit bitter, a little bit sweet, mm. something hot, something cold, something dark, something light, whatever it's going to be, Hashem, it's up, it's down, it, it's, it's all with you. 
Then you have that cup of coffee and you have the strength to be able to face it. My morning coffee will not be the same, Reb Judah. That's pretty <laughs> amazing. Just for the listeners, Hashem is God. It's the the um, very uh, warm term that we use for uh, for God. Um, for, tell us what your favorite coffee place is in Israel. My house. <laughs> you have, what do you have yeah. there? Well, I have, we have all sorts of coffee in the house. We have a lot of very inexpensive uh, instant coffee. Um, we can run lines. It's very Israeli. A cup. That is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I like uh, the Turkish coffee. I boil mm. it up on the stove. Mm. Oh, little, legit. Like real Turkish coffee. No, no, coffee. it's a real thing. No, oh. it's a real thing. I'm not a coffee snob. I'm not, you know, it's uh, not, not just because we're not uh, not able to be, but also I like to keep it simple. You know? <laughs> I like to keep it simple. And uh, I like to also just make sure that wherever I go, I'm able to like adjust to what's happening locally. For know, just I like to pr- support the local culture. You know? <laughs> For just the co- cost of a cup of coffee a day, you could support Reb Judah exactly. Michelle's coffee exactly. uh, needs in Israel. Actually, if, actually, could we do that? Pl- yeah. Can we plug just, that Just a today? little plug. Just That'd send. And if you could sponsor it in memory or in honor of a love one to celebrate family life cycle events. And, I know uh, we're not right. in the Radical Moderation podcast part of the discussion yet, <laughs> but... Um, I'll hang a sign with your name I was on once our having a wall. cup of Turkish coffee in Bethlehem. Yes. We're not there yet, I don't Judah, know. but I just throw I have never had a more delicious cup. They make it, it's on top of like a Bunsen burner, and the cup, they get it to a boil, and then they let it stop for a second, and it calms down. Then they boil it up again, and then they stop, and they're like brushing off the whatever is being made on top, like the foam. That was the smoothest. You know, you get these Turkish coffees and like people don't know how to make it. They pour in boiling water and then you're like, they're sludge. And you're like, what is this? Making a real cup of Turkish coffee on the stove. It's it's like a different experience. Yeah, I mean, I actually had a cup of coffee in Bethlehem last week. Huh. Yeah, in honor of Rachel Imenu, our uh, matriarch Rachel. It was her, uh, the anniversary of her uh, passing from the world on the 11th of Cheshvan. And uh, a couple of days before, I stopped off at uh, Rachel's tomb in Bethlehem. And enjoyed uh, coffee and some cookies. Beautiful. Uh, I prayed a little bit also, but you know, the, 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 again, the cave, the, the prayer, cup the of coffee was, was the, the prayer yes, automatically. You better this. All right, share with our listeners what you're reading now. Something interesting. Oh, okay. Actually, I'm holding I have the, the book that's on the on the table. Is that is that acceptable? This is the travel letters of Rabbi Nosson of Breslov. Tell us about him. Um, who was the primary disciple of uh, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, the great grandson of the Baal Shem Tov, one of the revolutionaries of the Hasidic movement. He was a spiritual master. Um, they're letters that are different than his formal teachings that were published, you know, on different issues of Jewish law and mysticism. Uh, travel letters expose a very human side of a person. These are letters to his children and letters to his wife about the difficulties of being on the road. Uh, I'm traveling now, and it's great being in L.A. L.A. is awesome. Um, I've seen good people, good friends. But there's a certain grind and a certain loneliness and an instability to the road also, the, the distance of the road and the exhaustion of the road. Um, like not, you know, being hours away from home, not necessarily knowing what's going on there and, and kind of hoping that everything's okay and hoping that I come back, you know, whole and right. So reading these letters, I mean, I take it with me. Um, it's, it's very powerful. It's very human. And it's, it's so down to earth. And it's just all about um, attaching oneself to God wherever you are. Um, I'm really loving it, actually. You leave me feeling very open whenever you start talking about these kinds of things, like very emotionally open, I'm saying. It's okay. like, uh, let me ask you this. So some, a lot of our listeners uh, cannot, this is in it's Hebrew. An, they, they, it's published in English. They have it in English. Also. Do you know it's the name of it? Sure. Um, uh, I believe it's Healing Leaves. Healing um, Leaves. Healing Leaves. Okay, beautiful. Um, there are a number of different versions. Uh, it's really beautiful. It's really, really worthwhile. It's, it's so honest. Um, he writes about his struggles. Huh. He writes about uh, the ups and downs and writes about his inability to express himself in prayer on the road. Um, and has concerns for for money and finances. 
uh, his son was going through a divorce and he was writing him letters about, uh, you know, maintaining his faith and starting again and, and relationships with kids. It's, it, it's really, it's really very beautiful and very honest and it's way ahead of its time. Um, I'm reading another one also that I had uh, that's in my bag, which is, which is a little bit of a different kind of a book. I like that. Um, the Other Wes Moore. The Other Wes Moore. Yeah. Wes Moore um, was a Rhodes Scholar, um, a brilliant uh, contributor. He was a, he was a, a veteran uh, in the Army. Um, he was also uh, worked at the White House, somebody who really um, was a very successful and well-known person. Um, and it's an amazing story. Uh, one day when he was, um, he was just, you know, going through his regular day, um, he, th- there was a, he started getting phone calls that um, someone from his neighborhood growing up, same age, same name, named Wes Moore uh, in a Baltimore suburb, uh, ran into trouble, was, was arrested on uh, murder charges. And people were calling him because it's another, you know, uh, young black man from Baltimore, mm-hmm. same name, same neighborhood, same public school that he went that he went to, um, who grew up around the corner from each other, same you know single parent home, um, who ended up in, in jail and 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 uh, was convicted of murder, uh, and he writes about this like, incredible experience of kind of thinking about trajectory and choice um, and fate, destiny, uh, how much of his life and his success was because of his own choices, how much of it was just by luck. Or was maybe by divine plan. Um, pretty, pretty unbelievable. Uh, you know, uh, alternating narratives. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's really uh, it's really amazing. Westmore, the other Westmore. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It just makes us think about you know the success and the happiness that we have. Like how much of it has to do with our own efforts, and how much how much of it just kind of is by luck, divine uh, or by divine design. <coughs> Sorry, I'm coughing. Salute. I'm glad that that wasn't uh, too intense of a question or answer there. Thanks. That. <laughs> Tell me your best purchase under $20 the last six months. Wow. This is not easy stuff. We're not throwing softballs out here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it has to be uh, uh, an emoji pillow that was like a, a unicorn emoji pillow. Mm. Yeah, you're all about the emoji unicorn. Yeah, no, I believe in the emoji unicorn. It really expresses just. Is that like your spirit animal or something? Um, Sometimes, sometimes I feel like I'm the spirit animal of the (laughs) unicorn emoji. (laughs) So we kind of like you know, bi-directional. Yeah, no, it's just it's it it, it's really it it works in our house. It kind of like often when when like you know not in the mood, someone's not in the mood to share or kind of get into it. We just kind of put throw the uh, unicorn emoji at each other, and it just uh, straightens things out. All right, last question. What is your favorite Grateful Dead song? Wow, that's a good question also. Um, I mean, right now I'm, I'm traveling, so like many roads, I feel like um, that's kind of where, that's where that's I'm where at. where you're right at. Now. Yeah, a little okay. bit. Yeah. That's a good answer. There's yeah. no follow-up question for that. Okay, I appreciate that. All right, so on Twitter, you describe yourself as a Jewish work in progress. What does that mean to you? Why is, why is that your brand? I mean, because I mean, it's, it's working. It That's does why sound I'm on great. the show, right? It does I mean, sound I'm, great. I made it. Yeah, I no, made you it to the radical. Make it to the show. I rated it to, I, exactly. I made it on the radical moderation because of that. Um, you know, when I, when I joined Twitter a number of years ago, it was really just about just good shtick. It just seemed like a nice way to like connect with people, and it would be kind of funny. This like untested platform of just connecting with people and creating a little bit of a, you know, a social virtual environment and and a little community. I didn't think it very seriously. It was just kind of 
kind of fun and nice to have a little echo chamber to kind of, you know, say things uh, in that way that I know my wife isn't going to check because she's not on social media. Um, but then as I guess as it became more of a place where people were sharing ideas and, and links and uh, insights, I guess being a work in progress, um, you know, is, is, is uh, what I aspire to be. I don't, I don't think we ever really make it to what we what we think we we, we should be or what we want to be it's it's kind of just a, a work in progress going you know, doing our best every day growing and trying to figure it out i mean very much trying to figure it out you always turn things on its head a little bit like a work in progress is the end goal that's not the pro meaning that people i think we often hear work in progress you think that's the steps to the end goal but you're saying i mean that's through... it yeah it, it's it's the, the story of our nation begins that way this is uh you know in in, in the torah portion where, where abraham is it embarks on his journey with with Sarah. Um, we don't really know where they're leaving from. I mean, there's different commentaries in Midrashim that kind of explain where that is, but it's from your land, from your birthplace, from where you're coming from, to, to the place where I'm going to show you. I mean, right. it's not. It's just about. Uh, it's about the journey. I mean, that that really is the destination, and, um, and at least in Jewish consciousness, the way I understand it is that you know the process is the goal, mm. and the effort that goes into the process to to becoming is 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 the goal. It never really ends. And it's a good right. shtick also. It is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You wear a ton of hats. You're the mashpia at NCSY, which means someone who influences people in a really positive uh, religious way. You're the director at Camp Hask, which is a uh, camp for uh, young men, young women, adults uh, with special needs, um, which spans the entirety of the Jewish world. Uh, they have every kind of Jew there. Um, you founded an organization called Samanafshi. It's a Jewish organizational foundation. You give shiurim for the OU. You're uh, involved at YU. You, you're also writing for Mishpacha magazine. If you've ever seen, there's a publication in the mountains during the summer. I think it's called The View. Uh, you're, you often get featured in there. Killing That's me. like... You're, uh, killing right now. you're killing You're killing <laughs> You're killing my vibe right now. <laughs> Things are going well for me. Could you yeah. please stick All right. to the script? I'll stick. I'll stick to the script. You, you've got, it's. Uh, there are very few people who are as um, just in, in so many different worlds, <laughs> so many different organizations. Uh, it, what is there a chut hamishulash? Is there a, like a unifying thread? Is you know that kind of? Is there something that ties you all together that has inspired you to do all these? very uh, different things with different types of Jews and different types of uh, environments? Um, the, the, the truth is, my wife and I, Ora, we always talk about this, like we're just really just trying to figure it out and find the right way um, to kind of make an impact in the world, uh, use our abilities, use our time, support a family, um, I guess find platforms to share a positive message. Professionally, you know, using different elements of uh, of our abilities and personality, um, they really they're they're really parallel and, and work together and complement each other. A lot of these different uh, a lot of these different things, and a lot of them are are kind of as a result of this, just like being open to what's to what's coming. Um, I never imagined that I'd be uh, in a, working on the administration at a camp for individuals with specialized needs. It was never really part of the plan. How did that happen? I, mean, I didn't that's... work there. You know, I know you worked there as a young man. Um, I, I didn't I didn't work there. I was like never interested. And I kind of like, you know, never saw myself connecting with that. But truth, I, I really like people. I mean, I, I like people. I like meeting different ty- different ki- kinds of people. Um, I always find um, being open uh, to forming relationships and connecting with people really uh, you know, it brings out different facets of uh, our own personality and 
brings us closer to, to God. Uh, Camp Pass kind of uh, began in a rabbinic position there, which was a very part-time summer position. Uh, and then different changes in the organization kind of opened up different opportunities. And um, we were going through a little bit of a transition in our own life, personally, from a more you know, formal educational uh, environment, teaching in a, in a yeshiva, in a center for Jewish studies, um, with my wife's family, which were just was an extraordinary opportunity. We're kind of looking to expand things a little bit and began this organization uh, with really very, very vague goals, and it still is very vague. You're talking about Salman Afshi? Salman Afshi, yeah, it's just vague, Can you kind tell of like us, open. Tell the it means my soul yearns. It's, it's, it's words from David's Psalms. Um, it's just about trying to find ways to bring people together, cultivate community. Um, there was a time we were doing pizza and beer uh, get-togethers at Hebrew University and Tel Aviv University a number of years ago. Um, sometimes it's coordinating Shabbatonium weekend uh, retreats. Uh, it's been used as a platform to publish a number of books by my uh, by my rabbi, my teacher. Um, the family's in need. It's kind of like just a, a little bit of a clearinghouse and a, and a, a vessel. Shalantesque. Yeah, to figure it out. I mean, it's it's again, it's just trying to figure it out. Um, I, I didn't expect to have the opportunity to to be involved in Camp Pass in an administrative way. I mean, in graduate school, I studied nonprofit um, management and and had a fellowship um, in the, at at the, at the coexistence center of the city of uh, City University of New York. And um, I don't know, the, the opportunity came up and we said, let's try it. Like my wife's dream was to be at Camp Pass. She loved it, it's her happy place. And um, and it's been great. And then from there, uh, working with the staff kind of opened up the opportunity to bring a model of cultivating you know personal growth among the staff members uh, to NCSY at the Orthodox Union also, which is an incredible opportunity. Um, they're just an amazing, distribution arm for for values and um, Jewish services. So when we're open, we're kind of figuring it out. You know, I don't know, maybe at some point we'll have a little bit of a more clear sense of what we're doing, but uh, you know, things things are happening. It's not a dress rehearsal, you know, it's, it's kind of happening. It's a work in progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's actually really fun so far. If anybody, you're listening, if you don't know about Camp Ask or you even do know about Camp Ask, uh, Rev. Judah mentioned that I work there. I have a particular, very, very uh, soft spot for it. Also, it's one of the most special places on earth where uh, the people in our community, just people, humans who, uh, you know, have been born with challenges or uh, it's a really incredible place where they're given a tremendous amount of love for the summer. Uh, Their parents and their families are given a bit of a break. Um, And uh, campask.org. I don't usually do uh, shout outs for fundraising for organizations, but... uh, Hask is you, your coffee in the morning, and Camp Hask are my two uh, main charities that I focus on. I, you know, you're, you're talking about all these different things that you're involved in and touching so many souls. And I don't mean to be depressing, but I sometimes feel in my work, and, and you're doing even more work, and I think you're touching more people. Like, the day is short, and the work is huge, and there's so many bad things in the world, and so many... Uh, people who are destroyed and so many people who are left out and so much pain and sorrow and hurt. Like, how do, how do you not get down? How does that not knock you down? What advice do you give to people who just feel overwhelmed by the magnitude of the challenges? Well, it does, it does get me down. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, it's painful. When somebody's in pain and you meet somebody or you hear of, of someone, a family in distress, or uh, someone's going through, you know, a real personal challenge. Um, it's it's painful. We want to be open-hearted and, and feel what people are feeling and kind of be connected to it. And uh, it can get heavy. And anybody who's in a position where we're opening ourselves up to others, um, you know, and, and, and certainly in, in your position, 
when you're a public servant, so to speak, and you're ser providing services for others educationally or whatever it may be, um, it opens you up to criticism and, and, and pain and, and challenge and difficulty. And it's okay to feel that. That's very human and that's very, uh, that's very real. And as much as we can to focus on the light, to focus on the positive points in every experience and in every place and every person, there's something there that's positive, that, that's whole, you know? And, and if we can attach ourselves to those moments and we can kind of work together and we strengthen one another and we validate that, yeah, it's very hard and <laughs> it's challenging and, and it gets heavy, you know? Then we can have the strength to be able to do our best and if not to fix, if not to, to heal, then at least just to support and be empathetic and be a part of things. All right, last question so that the listeners can get to know you a little bit. Tell me how you went to a modern Orthodox high school in New Jersey. Did you see this as a path for you, like inspiring Jewish people around the world and people, not even just Jewish people? I know that your relationships cross uh, religious lines. You, people, people who come into contact with you, there's a warmth, there's a love, there's an inspirational, uh, you know, it is your 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 brand is a good one in that sense. Did you have did you have any clue when you were a high schooler and you know in fresh high school in New Jersey where Jared Kushner uh, went? You and were you guys classmates? We were not classmates. <laughs> uh, did you have any clue? Um, I don't even know. It's like I don't know that I have a clue now of where this is leading. I like I, I like people. You know, I kind of like any, you know, there's a, the, the, I kind of feed off the crowd a little bit and enjoy being around, you know, good energy. And, and I still love going to live concerts. I still do because I like the, I like the feel of a crowd. Um, and, in, and always enjoyed connecting with people and, and you know, talking and, and kind of getting to know different types of people. I think that came from my home. I don't know if that has to do with like, you know, a modern Orthodox or centrist Orthodox or right wing Orthodox. I think it's just a, a, a person thing, a people thing. Um, my mother's really, really a very friendly person. My dad is a, a very honest, hardworking person. And, and they're, they're, they're community minded, you know, people who are always about connecting with others. Um, I mean, maybe there's more of a religious dimension now, and it's a little bit more, say, oriented towards uh, one's inner world. But I think I always, I like to think that I always felt, you know, a part of a community and wanting to be a part of things. I don't know if I'm all that different than I was in high school. I still kind of like the same music and, and even have, you know, a couple of the same friends. Um, you know, I look a little different and maybe live in a little bit different kind of neighborhood. You know, if my wife will ever listen to this, I, I it's not sure I'm very different than I was. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I think people are people and we kind of, the more, the more honest and real we are with ourselves, the more we kind of come back to the way we, 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 we were, you know, because that's the way we are. And th those good points and those strengths um, just kind of grow and hopefully get stronger if we, uh, if we give them attention and we honor them. All right. Are you ready for the hard part? Yeah. Let's do <clears> it. It's radical moderation time. I always want like a sports graphic. I tell my sound engineer and producer, Noe Jacobson, I want I want like one of those. Doom, doom, doom. I thought you wanted a five star rating. Yeah, I, <laughs> I want both. <laughs> Why can't I have both? I knew it's a kiss. Of... All right. Radical moderation. Here we go. Tell tell our listeners, what are you not radically moderate about? Is there something that's just nope, not interested in moderation? Um, it's just me and you here. Yeah. You right. Shoot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the honor of the Jewish people, I think when it comes to uh, the well-being, the physical well-being of the Jewish nation and uh, the honor of the Jewish people, what's called kavod um, of, of our people, I, 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 I tend to find myself not really uh, interested in hearing 
you know, different sides of the story necessarily. Um, maybe that's a fault. Maybe that's a strength. Maybe both, uh, depending where we're looking at it from. But um, I have a crazy button. Um, that's I have, it. I have a crazy button when it comes to the Jewish people. When, when Jews are in distress or Jews are threatened, I don't really want to, I, I don't really, you know, I'm not really interested in hearing about um, a moderate perspective. So let me ask you a follow-up question. Oh, yeah. Because, um, so uh, I run a school, as you know, mm-hmm. um, and we had a student here who approached me a few years ago, two or three years ago. I think he, he graduated at that point, mm-hmm. and he he knows you well, meaning you, you're, you've been a real influence in his life. But he forwarded me a post you, you put on Facebook after some uh, Hamas terrorist was killed. Maybe Twitter. Twitter, sorry. Yeah, I don't, again, I'm not a they're, they're all the same I'm not for a Facebook me. guy, yeah. They're all just, I lumped them I'm all in Facebook one guy. category. I love how you're saving this for today. Yeah. That's cool. I've been waiting, man. That's good. I like this. <laughs> I like this. I love this. And he forwarded it to me and he said, you know, this is really upsetting. Reb Judah wrote, like, uh, this terrorist was killed. It's a good thing. I, I don't remember these. Yeah, it's text. a great thing. It's a great thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what I wrote, but I. it's a great thing. And he was bothered by it a little bit. And he said, like, what should I do? What should I? And I said, you should talk to Judah about it. Meaning, like, Judah is an open man, and he's a radically moderate person in so many ways. This is an area. I mean, talk to him about it. Maybe maybe it is okay. Maybe it's not okay. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts there? Meaning, you know, this is, we're all trying to be, we're trying to tone down the tension. And there's so much anger and, and pain. Um, and uh, Hamas terrorist, okay, it's horrible. A person's a horrible person, but... Aren't they a human being? Aren't they yeah, uh, an evil human being who um, who deserves to be killed? Who, who does? Who, who who you know? Who, the person raises their hand against the Jewish nation. Somebody who is involved in acts of terror or supporting acts of terror. I mean, that's not a loss to the human race that they're uh, they're killed in a in self defense. There's a Jewish thought. Bin bin Paul Oivecha Altismach. Bin Paul. I don't know if it's a yeah. But the, yeah in the downfall of your. Enemy, you shouldn't celebrate. We don't Agree, have to ce- disagree. We don't have to celebrate, but we could. Uh, it's a, it's we a good could thing. Feel a little saying. bit safer, more safe. I mean, we could uh, feel a little bit more safe, a little more stable. You know, I mean, we're sitting here in, in suburban Los Angeles, and it's very comfortable, and it's great, uh, and it's beautiful here, and, and it's wonderful to sit here and be theoretical, and um, and 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 in the Middle East and in Eretz Israel, the Jewish people are at war, and people are in, being murdered in shopping centers, and at their places of work. Um, and, our, and, and children who are raised in radically moderate homes and open homes to love people are, are afraid when they see um, Arab construction workers working on the building around the corner from their house because they have very clear memories that it wasn't so long ago that, you know, bulldozer that was being used to build Jewish homes was running people over. Soldiers are attacked. I mean, it's a, it's a day-to-day occurrence that, that there's not massive casualties, thank God. Constantly it's because we have... Uh, there's divine protection through the efforts of the Israeli Israeli army and the and the, the 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 security forces, and we're at war. I mean, you see what's going on every single day on the border. I mean, it's a nation that's under attack. And it's not an exile mentality, and it's not a, a mentality of galutiyut that like we're still being beaten down and threatened by the parts. It's 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 a real thing. It's day to day. I mean, there's a warning out in schools. They're talking about it in Israel that if there's if you see a balloon. That lands, you not to touch it. Children are being taught not to touch balloons because they can have incendiary devices and explosives attached to them. So, it's a different it's a different reality than sitting about it, talking about it in arm, from an armchair kind of theoretical perspective. Um, and 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 yeah, they're they're bad guys, and and we're against the bad guys. And it's okay, I believe, to have passionate feelings uh, that are clear 
And I believe that the, a Jewish value is not to turn the other cheek, but to, but to react in a, in a way to defend the well-being of one's family and one's nation. And that includes killing bad guys. And it includes, there's a lot of bad guys, and a lot of bad guys have to get killed. Um, the, the deterrence is a, is, a, is a Jewish value, and, uh, and strength is a Jewish value. Um, and it's not pleasant, it's not easy, and it's ugly. We don't want war, and we, it's, it's our tradition that, that, pray, that, that prays and hopes and yearns for the day that swords will be turned into plowshares, and that we'll be able to, to build a land together um, and, and live together as one. And until that day comes, we, we, have to be, we have to defend ourselves. Is there something that Israel can do to turn? I wasn't planning on going this direction. It seems like we always end up on Israel in the, in the Radical Moderation podcast. But is there something that we could be doing, Israel could be doing, to turn the swords into plowshares? I understand. There's something that the Palestinian people could be doing. The international community, the world, the funding. People are funding this. People are rewarding. I got you. Is there something that Israel could be doing to turn those? Sh- uh... I, I don't know about Israel. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a. I don't really follow politics, and I don't. I'm not so connected to the news the way I used to be. I just found it to be completely a drain and, uh, and a waste of time. I mean, my, my, Netanyahu, my dad, and Caroline Glick are taking care of the Iranian nuclear threat. Um, so I know that, that like that's taken care of. So I'm, I'm you know, focusing on other things. I have a lot of kids at home, thank God, and a lot happening. Um, I don't know about Israel, but I know that, 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 that peace and relationships and community change and, and, and national change, I believe, will take place on a one-to-one, person-to-person basis. Um, there, there are a number of ways that people can build Sharim, build connections, build bridges. Um, uh, we, I, I, when I was in this fellowship in the city of University of New York, um, I was working together on projects with individuals of other faiths and, and people from other backgrounds, including um, someone named Osharef, whose brother uh, was, a, was 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 a he called him a uh, he worked in social services. He was a member of Hamas, and um, and and I struggled with it because this was a guy that I worked you know nicely with. And we worked on a project together, and I said that your his brother was uh, an enemy, and I said that your did bro- you say that to him? Sure. Meaning is that let's sure. say there's someone open. you, you there's disagree that. with profoundly. I think there's a tendency, certainly in America, maybe we. We we uh, punch from afar. We sort of maybe maybe we write an email. Maybe we uh, we 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 write a, a sermon. If you're a rabbi, you you know you kind of in face to face. You're very gentle and kind. That's you know we we don't want to offend people's sensibilities. But from afar, you kind of go at it in a very harsh way. H- how do you handle it? We, we went at it in a harsh way. No, we went at it in a very har- no. We went at it a very harsh way. A and very how did harsh that go? Way. What did you learn? What did oh, we you... argued? We argued, and uh, you know, I said, "We here in New York, we're we're friends, and if we if you come to Israel and 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 you you know, abide by the law of the land and support you know the, the existence of the Jewish state, we'll be friends. If not, then you'll be an enemy." And um, I don't know. I, I I think that bridge building. Uh, I don't know that peace is going to be made by signing these documents and and God forbid giving away land and, and cutting up uh, divine, you know, divine promise to the land of Israel. And, and it's not going to be legislated. It has to be with, with, with personal relationships. And, and, and most people are good people and, and want the same thing. They want, but, but we're dealing with a jihadist uh, theology and a, and a Muslim, radical Muslim theology that's rooted in the Quran that, uh, that, that does not see room for both of us uh, to be working together and living together. And we have to call it as it is. Uh, and the more we could be honest and come from a position of strength and confidence 
in who we are and what we believe, so then we begin to respect each other. I don't think that it's going to come from liberal politicians who are sitting there cutting up and making deals. I believe it's going to come from, from, from religious leaders who really respect one another and respect each other's convictions um, that are coming from a, a divine-based perspective. Because there, there's, there, there's an awareness of a higher power. And um, I, I feel like there's a little bit more of an open and honest way of talking, meaning like, let's say what really what we feel. I, I had this with anyone that I've had this interaction with that we've worked together with either in our home or uh, people that I've met through different you know, gatherings and get-togethers um, over the years. They respect it. They respect honesty. They respect mm-hmm. confidence and strength and faith also. Well, that, again, I'm, I'm just a civilian. I'm not, I don't really have uh, you know, much, uh, much interaction. You you said something which I always again I I don't know enough about it and um, you said there's like a radical element within the Quran and I always I hear that I I, I don't you know there's a sense that there's sort of some people think there's radi- radical Islam you know radical Islamic theology and some people think no that's just a blasphemized version of it it's sort of these people who are in a horrible position they're angry for whatever reason they take the Quran and they they use it for bad meaning is it is it the former or the latter? Because if it's the latter, I, maybe the Jewish people have it too. Not on the same level. God forbid. I don't think we have, you know, uh, so many. Yeah, you could name the. You could name the. On one the, hand, you, the, you could name the events. Yeah, you can name the events in contemporary Jewish history, and we know the names of those people who've been shunned by our community, not just the mainstream, but almost the entirety of our community. We can name those on one hand. Um, and now, more recently, a little graffiti and and some hooliganism. Um, and, and there have been thousands of Jews who have been killed in, in terror attacks, um, not since the beginning of the State of Israel, but, but well before that, that had nothing to do with West Bank and nothing to do with occupation and nothing to do with the Knesset and nothing to do with Zionism. It had to do with Jews, with anti-Semitism. So, yeah, I mean, we, to say it in the same breath already is insulting. I mean, come on. Uh, we, we have, no, we talk about Hebron, we talk about Hebron, come on. I mean, yeah, we have terrible, we have, we, have, we, have, we have bad apples and we have terrible events in Jewish history too that are embarrassing, that are painful and hurtful, that we mourn and that we, and that we, you know, we shun. And we're dealing with people who want to kill us and our children. And they're bad guys. And that's okay. That's okay to say that, that we're against that. And that we want to live in peace and we want to live in harmony. And, and the, reason why, you know, the reason why Israeli taxes are so high is we have to be uh, supporting a military to protect us from, from millions and millions and millions uh, who have bought into a jihadist mentality. Is it blasphemous? Are they taking the Quran out of context? I, I, don't, I don't know. I hope not, so. I don't know. I don't care. I mean, I don't, it doesn't really matter, like, bottom line. Right. I, you know, it doesn't really matter. I just know that there's constant attacks on the back road driving to my house. If I want to go to Keva Rachel, to Rachel's tomb, I want to drive back from the, from the Western Wall, from the old city, or if I want to go to the tomb of the patriarchs, I just know that it's driving through a war zone sometime. And, and, and people's car, my neighbor's car, had got a rock through the back window. Thank God they, they, they didn't, you know, no one, no one was killed. Who's but, supposed to stop these people? The, the PA, the, <sighs> the Hamas leadership, the clerics, the who? who how is that going to stop? Sorry to talk about Israel so much. After this, I want to talk about Israel. I want to talk about Israel all day. I think about Eretz. I think about the land of Israel all the time. I think about Eretz Israel all the time. Every time we pray, we're facing toward the land of Israel. Everything we're doing, we eat bread. Part of our grace after meals, the entire grace after meals is about the the land of Israel. I mean, everything, it's impossible to separate a Jew from their consciousness and love for from the land of Israel. And there's nothing to it. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a politician and I'm not a security expert. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I sit in my living room, you know, in my suburban home in in, the land, in, in Israel, in between Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, and uh, you know, feel helpless a lot of the time. 
and feel scared some of the time and angry a lot of time and sad sometimes about the reality. Um, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know. You know, I pray for peace and, and, and on a person-to-person basis extend myself, you know, um, often with suspicion, but, uh, but, but try. And, uh, I, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. Okay. Thank you for your honesty, by the way. That's like a very raw... Uh, yeah, and I also don't think that talking about like massive transfer of populations is right for this type of conversation. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's on brand you, enough for me wait, right now. Hold on. Do you think? No, I just that's, don't know. I, I said I don't. I don't want to get into it because I don't. I don't. I don't know if it's on brand for me. You know what I'm saying? I can't tell if that's no, your it, suggestion in, in both directions. Wait, no, you you're, you're like a brand specialist. Like that's, I shouldn't. Right? <laughs> My sound engineer is a brand specialist. I'm not going to talk about public hangings of terrorists either. I think is bad. I think none of these that, things. I are. think that's what the Shalhevet alumni was what that alum was was referring to. Aha. Yeah, it could be. Interesting. It could be. Okay, good. Good. That's for another podcast. Or not. <laughs> Let's talk about radical moderation as it pertains to the Jewish people now. Look, Internal. Right. I love that. How about that? I love that. We, I love I, that. I've had other guests on here who have answered my question that there's not so much divisiveness or divisiveness is good. Or We have so much division in the Jewish community. It's like you, you'd think we don't have enough problems from the outside, we need to give ourselves more problems from the inside. And I would imagine, why can't we look at each other from different streams of Judaism, from different philosophies, from different ideas, and say, this is amazing. Look at the power and strength of the Jewish people. We are so diverse. It's this diversity which allows us to survive and continue to push forward. And we're all different voices in an important symphony. Like, why? Why can't we figure out how to do that? It's funny, like, what the Jewish people are. We, we begin... Um, with Abraham and Sarah, and then they have children. Isaac and Rebecca get married, and then they have children, and then they have some more children. And then these this group of tribes, you know, family go down to Egypt, 70 souls. You can imagine what a family barbecue looks like. We've had reunions, family reunions, like with 70 people together, you know. Um, and then they have children, and they have children, and, and then we kind of develop into a nation. But first and foremost, what makes us into a nation is not our set of beliefs. It's not the Torah. Now, the Torah is something which we receive at Mount Sinai in divine revelation generations and generations later um, after we had already been formed as a family. Um, our, our belief system came later. I know it's different in contradistinction to other religions, which, which begin as a theology or a set of beliefs and then kind of develop into a people. We were a people and then we received our Torah, our mandate, our why at Mount Sinai generations later. We are a family. It's not geography. That makes us into a nation. It's not the state of Israel. It's not, it's, not, it's not culture and tradition and song and types of food or language. It's not even a set of beliefs. It's we are a family. And families are families. You know, we all have our things with families. There's politics and there's division and we fight. But in the end of the day, what's most important for us, and, I, and here's another element, I, I think, you know, I've said about the, the honor of the Jewish people, you know, more so, I mean, we kind of took it in the direction of thinking about the outside, but more extreme has to be our dedication to every single Jew wherever they are and whatever they believe and whatever they're doing or not doing, however they identify and however they categorize themselves and whatever they are in terms of observance, a Jew is a Jew and we are family. And that's our fundamental identity more than, that's more important than anything else. I love it. So you have your, your, you know, you have the, it's a little bit of a dysfunctional family, obviously. Oh, family is family. family is I don't family. think you even have to say this one. We're a family. <laughs> it's yeah. not, you know? um, how do you deal with the ideological differences within your work? Meaning huh. the OU is not exactly YU, although there's overlap, which is not exactly the Mishpacha magazine, which is not exactly Camp Hask. There's like a lot of diversity there. Do you ever find that there's uh, 
differences and, and, and problems between the organizations? I mean, there's, there's different ways of seeing things, definitely different cultural norms. There's def- different, different, let's say, standards in, in, in law and, and different, uh, you know, different ways of seeing things. But, um, I, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know that there's such a difference. I don't know there's such a difference. What, what brings us together, and this sounds like a cliche, but it's really true. And blood is thicker than all of that. You know, and and I, I'm not so interested in in all of those you know external and all those external definitions. Um, I, I don't buy into the 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 identification of you know conservative, reform, orthodox, or centrist orthodox, right wing orthodox, left wing orthodox. I don't know. It's it's hard to kind of pin a person down. We're so multifaceted, and there's so many aspects of our of our of our lives. Um, a Jew is a Jew. You know, I I, I think I think I would I'd much more find myself. Um, Following the example of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, um, who Joseph Telushkin calls, you know, the greatest leader in the last century, um, the most influential Jew, and and his way of looking at the world, which is deeply rooted in mysticism and and in the tradition of of uh, the Hasidic masters, is is nothing to do with um, what a person is is necessarily doing or who you're voting for or how you see specific social and cultural trends, but it's our inherent inborn. Uh, identity that 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 we are an expression of the divine, and that every single Jew is part of this incredible family, and there's nothing that we can do to change that. Um, and then to relate to every person and to respect every person where they're at. Uh, so let me ask you family. this question, because uh, it's the Radical Moderation Podcast, and I have to do it. I don't okay. have a choice. Okay. Uh, tell me about the title uh, thing. You know, that's it. would you call uh, a conservative rabbi who's a who's a female, even though personally on a halachic level that's not your thing? Would you call them rabbi? Would you call a woman who's Orthodox who graduated from Yeshivat Maharat? She wants to be called Rabbanit. That's her. That's her title. She chooses. Where, where, how do you feel about that? People can identify. I mean, it's 2018. Anybody can identify however they like. How do you identify them? How do I identify? Well, out of out of respect and out of just being courteous, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change the way a person wants to be referred to. I mean, it's not my place to to judge the way they want to be called. I, I might. I might not see their rabbinic ordination as uh, part of the uh, the Masora or part of you know this uh, chain of, of rabbinic leadership from Mount Sinai reaching back in the, in the sages, but I, I don't think that I would be insulting and hurtful to the way that they want to be seen or the way they want to be viewed. You know, I'm not a, you know, I don't know that that's necessarily constructive or, or appropriate. Um, you know, it's interesting. We, um, we've had Ben Shapiro come speak at the school before. I know this seems like mm-hmm. a far, I, I happen to Love that answer. I usually don't share my own personal opinion, but that's mm-hmm. that's where I fall on this uh, issue. Um, and one of the issues that he raised and talked about talks about often is titles. Uh, you know, in terms of gender, there's sort mm-hmm. of this question mm-hmm. and a fluidity of gender, mm-hmm. and, and there's 56, I think, uh, choices on Facebook now. Yeah. Um, and that's a real dividing point in America, mm-hmm. uh, maybe mm-hmm. in the world. Like, can, do I call somebody a name that I don't believe in? It's it's <laughs> if I asked you to say two plus two is five, would you do that? I mean, that's the the philosophy behind it, where people push back, like, I don't want to start mm-hmm. calling you. I don't believe that a rabbi, that you're a rabbi. I don't believe you're a rabbi. I don't even think those titles exist. Mm-hmm. And then there's an entire other philosophy, uh, you know, wh- which I think thinks, okay, somebody wants to be called rabbanit. What is it? What skin off my back? I mean, I, I'm not going to... not the great moral arbiter of, uh, right. of the world. You know? Yeah, I think that there's a you know, there's a time and place to kind of throw your, put your cards down and... and 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 make those great stamps. I don't. This I don't isn't know, it here. I don't, no, I don't know that that with other Jews in our community. I, I don't know if that's it. I, I just don't know that that's it. And, it's and, the safety and respect of the Jewish people. That's oh, yeah. your. I think so. That's your red line. No, no I think it's I, important. I think people. that right. I think that you know uh, 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 that Havat Yisrael, the love of one's 
one was other Jew doesn't come at the expense of Yirat Shamayim, of an awareness of God and a and a and a authentic an authentic observance of halacha of Jewish tradition. But um, I also don't know that that like again there there are those who have the communal role and the responsibility to kind of you know draw those lines. Um, and, and those are battles and, and that are taking place. And I think that as long as they're taking place at the dining room table over the, you know, in, 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 in during a Shabbat meal, like, like family members, that's okay. We could disagree and we could speak about it, but it has to be that at the Shabbat dinner table, mm. meaning, you know, not literally, but the proverbial Shabbos table of disagreement um, within the context of, you know, treating each other as family. And, 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 and there's just, there's nothing gained by being cynical and by being biting and, and negative personally. Uh, it could be an exchange of ideas. There has to be. I mean, the Jewish tradition is one of arguing, uh, one of disagreeing. That, that That's what our tradition is. We, we, we disagree and we have strong opinions, um, but if we're not able to like break bread together and share with one another, then then we've kind of, we lost sight of it. There's too much biting and cynicism. I, there's yeah. a, we choose to quote, we choose to follow Hillel over Shammai in the Talmud, because of nochin ve'aluvin, that there was like a right. gentle, right. a gentleness. I saw that hanging, that sign hanging in the uh, in the gym today, and and, and it moved me. I, I pointed out to a couple of years how, how just how special it is to come here and see that that's a value, and to stick to our guns, to have strong opinions, to believe in something, to, to believe in something, and, and not to be afraid to say it, and, and not to be embarrassed to say it. One of the, the opening of the Shulchan Aruch of the Code of Jewish Law is that a person has to you know, awake like a, awake in the morning to serve their creator with the ferocity of a lion, with the strength, a place of, uh, of passion and, and intensity, and not to be embarrassed of one's, of one's beliefs and one's opinions, to look like a Jew, to speak like a Jew, to carry oneself in a proud way of a Jew, uh, even when those opinions are, 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 are unpopular, um, because you're at Shammai, because we have, we have an awareness of God. And, 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 and you know, if there's someone who's, who's representing a lifestyle which is counter to that tradition, I could say, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I believe that you can choose and do whatever you want, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that that's traditional Judaism. And I still love you. Yeah, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. I, meaning like those two things are, are separate, what you are versus what you're doing. There, there's no reason that that should, that one should come at the, at the expense of another, unless a person just doesn't really feel confident in what they believe. All right. Two more questions. I know this is getting too hot for you, so I want to, I want to let you off the hook here. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm ready. You're just getting warmed up. I feel like I'm starting to enjoy it. Yeah, it takes a little time over know, here. Maybe right? I'm the one who needs to get off the hook here. I'm a little... Uh, <laughs> okay. So it seems like your work at Camp Hask would be a very unifying project. You sort of... Uh, it, it's hard to argue about the need to create a Jewish experience for kids and adults with special needs. And mm-hmm. if you go to Camp Hask, especially on visiting day, because that's when all the families come up, mm-hmm. you see Hasidic families, Haredi families, totally unaffiliated families, secular, conservative, or everything. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's, it's unbelievable. Family. Is it always unifying? Do you find that uh, it's always the case? What do you learn from your work at Camp Hask in terms of that we can bring to the rest of the world? Why do, why do we have to wait till there's kids with special needs? It's, it's, such, an, it's such a great question. It, we, we respond a lot as a community to trauma or to tragedy. We respond by, you know, uni- unity. And it's, it's actually the Talmud talks about it, that, that um, in the days of Mordechai and Esther, um, in the days of... of of the Persian exile, um, when we're faced with, uh, with the, the mortal threat of Haman, who was called Sorer HaYehudim, the one who, who made the Jews suffer. Um, Sorer, the Talmud says, also implies bringing together, you know, kind of like a t- he tied us together. We, we came together in response to it. But our, 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 our dedication to one another is just often too much responsive and reactionary. Um, 
as an autism and Down syndrome and special needs, it's kind of hard to, no, and really it, it, it's kind of hard to say, well, that's a, that's a reform charity or that's an orthodox cause. Um, that's why campus is such a special place and, and places like Kim Simchachai Lifeline um, and, and all the other worthy organizations that are out there, um, that their tagline is fighting illness with love. The Jewish people are great at reacting um, and being there for one another in difficult times and distressful times. Um, we just don't have the luxury of not taking care of one another. Uh, the, the challenge for us is kind of replicating that and learning from the cooperation and the, the synergy and the, and, the, and the unity and the kind of, you know, the togetherness, the level playing field that necessarily comes out in those situations and saying like, okay, let's do it from a place of health, from a place of strength, from a place of, of proactivity and choice. Um, and I believe that we can. We can replicate those successes. And that's what's inspiring about being in a place like Camp Pass. You know, there's a business writer, Patrick Lencioni. He's like a kind of personal coaching guru. He writes all these little fables. One of the fables he writes is, is, is suggesting to businesses that while things are successful, ask the question, what would happen if there was like a disaster? Mm-hmm. What do we need to do to make sure that like... Like proactively, while things are healthy, and right now the Jewish people, despite all of the challenges, day school tuition is is unaffordable. Israel is uh, being surrounded. You name it, we're strong. Yeah, the we're world is strong, and we're getting stronger every right? day. I, I, I don't buy into this this language with this, this this language of exile of of despair. That oh, the world is so bleak, and everything is so bad, and there's such disunity, and that the fabric of the community is torn apart. And it's it's not true. People are growing. The world is getting better. Every single day, we're getting closer to, to, to the world looking the way we want it to be. We're trending now. The Jewish nation are strong. Not just, I'm talking about startup nation and all the technology coming out of Israel and the water. All that stuff is true also. But that's an external manifestation of an inner truth that we're getting closer to, to the world being fixed and we're getting closer to the world being whole. And, and, and there's a lot of rebellion and there's a, you know, kind of like a final push but um, you know, the world is really getting better and people are getting better. Like the world is a, is a hopeful place and a positive place. So um, let me ask you a, a slightly tough follow-up. I don't know if it's tough. Yeah. I want to th- so uh, every summer uh, you have guest speakers. I mean, Camp mm-hmm. Hask has the most amazing counselors in the world. Mm-hmm. When I was a counselor, they weren't the most amazing. Now they are the most amazing <laughs> now that your do- in the world. Now that your daughter is a- Exactly, is my bad. daughter uh, is a counselor. <laughs> Uh, their kids, they're teenagers, they're 20 years old, they give up an entire summer of mm-hmm. fun and what, to come work with people with special needs, it changing, the, uh, uh, taking care of daily needs. I mean, it's really something in a, from a different world when you see it. And you bring in guest speakers. They're people who come and it's like the easiest, I don't know if it's the easiest ask. I imagine you say, hey, could you come speak at Camp Ask? Could you come give a concert at Camp Ask? People are like- Who doesn't want to come speak to a captive audience of, of motivated future leaders of it, the Jewish people? It's true. They are the future Period. leaders of the Jewish people. Um, and you have uh, lots of people coming to speak. This past year, you have a lot of um, male speakers and some female speakers. Uh, you know, the ratio may be a little bit more or more to females, well, uh, males than females. Well, that's what but it is. That's what it is. A, a poster or an ad went out thanking the guest speakers for this past summer, and it was pictures of all the men. Um, were the women listed by name on the bottom? So I'll just wheel it back. Um, every year, we've been doing this now for a number of years, uh, we have... Um, a bait measures program for men. We have a full-time uh, woman who's a, who runs our women's uh, study learning program, program, learning program in the evening. Uh, we have one of the most dynamic teachers in the Jewish community today named Shani Tarragon, who came every week. 
Uh, we invested a tremendous amount of resources into our uh, women's learning program. And every year we publish in Jewish newspapers, uh, local newspapers and online, a beautiful spread of all the different visitors and guests, male and female, who came. And we did that again this year, and that was published with the names and faces of, of everyone who was involved. Um, and we're very proud of that. And that's something which, um, you know, it shows that there's an investment into our staff and cultivating a sense of, um, of togetherness and, and, and growing uh, that's not connected, you know, specifically to the service that's being provided to the campers. But it's just about saying, look, we have all these 350 college students here and we're investing in them. And this is the brain trust and heart trust of the Jewish community. Um, about six weeks after that, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that that's what this is what you're referring to, um, a piece of fundraising literature went out that was uh, designed by uh, an outside community that uh, was hired by you know, members of our administration. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to take a look at it. I wasn't, uh, we didn't see it. It was kind of given over to them. They kind of took all of our materials everything that we have on our website and everything online um, and kind of mined that and crafted um, a, a mailing that was sent out to many, many thousands of people that arrived the people right on, uh, on the, the festival of Sukkot as everyone was sitting enjoying their sukkah. And um, they made like a really um, unfortunate decision to buy into this contemporary trend that's uh, becoming in certain circles of the uh, community. Um, I think I personally believe it's an unfortunate trend of excluding, you know, taking out the, the editing out the pictures of women um, as if the face of a, of a woman uh, is suggestive or inappropriate in some way. Now, there are parts of the community where the interaction between genders and the sensitivity to that is such that um, men and women don't 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 socialize and don't congregate and don't speak to each other socially and, and, and don't even look at one another, really. Um, and that's fine. And, that, and, that, and that, that's great. Uh, this mailing that was sent out to represent the the organization was was insulting and it was hurtful and it wasn't uh, true to the mandate of the organization and the values of the organization and caused appropriately so a really negative reaction online um, on Facebook and uh, and social media and uh, as soon as myself and um, our program director uh, who's a friend of yours Bobby Pollock became aware of it by all of our friends and family who were like what the hell is this. Um, <laughs> You know, we, we, I, I called the board of directors and said, what, no, what is this? <laughs> and, uh, and we apologized. And we said, like, this is just not who we are. Um, it was unfortunate. I mean, listen, Hask is a local organization that's rooted in a very um, ultra-Orthodox community in Borough Park. Um, it was founded and, and is run and uh, organized in that community, um, but really servicing, like you said, the, uh, the broader community. Um, and, in, and, in, and in trying to appeal to uh, specific neighborhoods where maybe that's the sensitivity, not to have women, it was a business decision. Uh, it, was, it was a very poor decision, you know, short-sighted. And, um, I, you know, we apologized and, and wheeled it back and very publicly and very immediately um, because it deserved and needed to be apologized for. Um, and I think the reaction of the people who were rightfully insulted uh, said, okay, hey, they owned up to it and uh, made right. You know, to not get into air out the dirty laundry here of, the process was, but in the end of the day, um, I, you know, women are, are not, they're not a part of what we're doing. It's, it's like, just like men are not a part of what we're doing. We're, we're doing this together. Um, and yeah, it was, it was unfortunate. And uh, I think that the response of the community, though, was pretty, was pretty positive once we uh, set the record straight. Yeah, uh, I think the, the apology, it's so rare today to see 
ownership taken and just we made a mistake and, and we own the fullness of it it's nobody's fault it's ours we you know yeah no it was it was it was it was it was awful i mean and also just you know that, that whole trend in the community I meaning i think a lot of it is economically motivated it's a kind of a, a business decision that if this is what the community decides their standards are then it's publications and whatever do that but but it was you know that if it's a theological statement then uh, I think you know at least from where where we're sitting where I'm standing in that organization it's it's very very hard uh, and it was very painful to have been associated with that. Last question. Sure. Do you think all Jews who live in America should just move to Israel? If you had a magic wand, or is there value in the diaspora? Yeah, you know, there's a value to the diaspora because the diaspora is a reality. Um, and it's it's also not practical for everyone right now to pick up and move to the land of Israel. I think that ultimately every Jew um, whose heart is beating with uh, Jewish consciousness and a sense of attaching themselves to the bigger vision of the destiny of Am Yisrael um, wants to be in the land of Israel in in, in some way. Um, certainly, we don't we don't imagine our children and grandchildren perpetuating this forever. We we we, we believe. And uh, you know, in, in the in gathering of exiles, it's something that we see as our natural homeland. Um, and and while the reality is that we're here, and there's there's, there's, there's Jews in the world. I mean, they, Jews need education, and Jews need community and infrastructure, um, and uh, and know, podcasts, and podcasts, and five star ratings exactly. for their podcasts. <laughs> and uh, I think that everyone, in their own way, at the right time, you know, is thinking about it and considering it. I think that there's a there's a real trend toward thinking about it, certainly. There's uh, definitely a, a positive movement. And and uh, with God's help, you know, slowly but surely, and maybe a little bit more surely than slowly, we'll see that uh, that trend will go upwards. And the children of these vibrant communities who are learning about Jewish identity and Jewish history and Jewish destiny and, and Jewish values and learning Torah here and are marching in solidarity with Israel and are taking part of the activism on behalf of the state of Israel ultimately are going to want to build their future in the state of Israel. And that's something that as a community we should be very proud of. Thank you, Rabbi Judah Michelle, for joining us. Uh, as always, enlightening and inspiring. You can find uh, Rabbi Judah at, on Twitter at Judah Michelle, J-U-D-A-H. M-I-S-C-H-E-L. You can also find me in my house a lot of the time with my family. You're Anytime welcome. you want. People are welcome. Yeah. In Ramat Beit Shemesh. Yeah. Bet, Aleph, I never Aleph, know. Aleph, Aleph. I never, Aleph, Aleph. Davin and Bet live in Aleph. That's, my, <laughs> that's uh, the, yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for listening to Radical Moderation. Remember, please rate us five stars on iTunes, assuming you feel we deserve five stars. I don't want to. Even if you don't, unduly, what's the problem? Just Go do on, it. Hell yeah, no, help another that's Jew. my line. That's my line. Fuck you. My line is, what's, what, what does it cost you? To help, just to, to rate help, five to help lines. Help a, help a fellow you. Yeah, to help a Jew. What's the big deal? Okay, please. What's so just hard? Give me five stars regardless so of what you oh, thought of what's the What's so hard? And then deal with the authenticity issue later. <laughs> just help a Jew out. What's the big deal? Uh, follow us on social media. Twitter handle is at Rad Moderation or Facebook.com forward slash Radical Moderation. As always, you can email me with questions or comments. A.S.E.G.A.L. at shallhabit.org. Rabjuda, thank you. Listeners, thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much.